Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, July 24th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week. Then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, so let's get started with, as always, some baseball. And in this week's updates, the Dodgers had a grand slam that snapped the Orioles' eight-game win streak, beating them to start the week 6-4. to four. The Guardians ended their four-game skid with an 11-0 shutout of the Pirates. The Giants took the Reds to the 10th inning before they won their sixth game in a row. The next night, they would also win in another close one, 11-10, to 10, but that is where their lucky their luck ended as they lost two to three to end their streak at seven the rangers upset the rays getting the win the winning run off a wild pitch in the ninth literally the last minute the texas team won three to two Otani got his 35th home run in the angels four to three victory over the yankees in 10 innings Rockies pitcher Abed got his first win in six years by beating the Astros four to three on Tuesday. The Phillies got their fourth straight win after beating the Brewers also on Tuesday. And that would be the end as they would go on to lose the next four straight. The Padres upset the Blue Jays nine to one thanks to pitcher Musgrove who got his eighth straight decision win. The Diamondbacks snapped their four-game losing streak and against the Braves, no less. The score of that game was a wild 16-13. to They would also win again on Wednesday as the Braves have really hit a slump. The Cardinals got a three-run home run in the 10th to win over the Marlins 5-2. Pitcher Yovaldi pitched six scoreless innings, which helped his Texas team beat the Rays 5-3. The Rangers would go on to win the next game as well, sweeping what used to be the league-leading Rays. 
The A's finally got a win after eight straight losses, beating the Red Sox 3-0. to zero. They also beat them the next night thanks to a two, three two-run home runs instead. The Pirates came back to win after being down four runs and ending their five-game skid. The Cubs hit a grand slam in the fifth, in the sorry, in the eighth inning where they scored five runs to take the game over the Nationals eight to three. Rookie pitcher France held the A's for his Astros to win three to one on Thursday. The Braves finally bounced back with Olsen hitting his 31st and 32nd home runs to win. 7-5 to five over the Diamondbacks. The Blue Jays might have been scoreless the day before, but they returned the favor on Thursday, winning 4-0 to zero over the Padres. Speaking of shutouts, the Mariners beat the Twins 5-0 to zero as pitcher Kirby tied his career high of 10 strikeouts. We knew the Orioles versus the Rays would be a great game since they are only separated by one win in the league standings. It went down to the 10th before the Baltimore team got the W and the solo American League East lead. They split the first two games, but the Orioles would get the final laugh, winning the last two in close ones to take that series. The Yankees needed the series, leaded the series with the Royals as they lost nine of the last eight games before that. They would sweep the Royals. Braves' Austin Riley had a home run on his fourth straight game to aid in the W over the Brewers 6-4 on Friday. Angels star Otani, he's in here a couple of times, allowed four home runs in their game against the Pirates, but L.A. still gets the victory 8-5. Might be why the Pirates are 42-55. The Dodgers were feeling good at Globe Life where they won the World Series previously. They outscored the Rangers 20 27 to 8 in their first two games. We know how that ended. The Reds had an impressive back to back to back home runs in the sixth to win 6 to 4 over the Diamondbacks. The Mariners had a five run inning to rally over the Blue Jays 9 to 8 on Saturday. And fittingly, National shortstop CJ Abrams hit a home run on his bobblehead night as the Washington team routes the Giants 10 to 1. Yankees first baseman Rizzo had his first home run since May of 2020 and went four for four at bats in the Yankees final win over the Royals. On Sunday, the Marlins finally shook off their eight game slide after beating the Rockies in the 10th inning three to two. Also going into the 10th, the Phillies beat the Guardians eight to five. But I'll do you one better. The White Sox trying to avoid the sweep put up three runs by the sixth against the Twins. However, the Minnesota team rallied in the eighth, scoring three runs, so making it tied going into extra innings. Then both teams hit one run each in the 10th, and we finally got a result in the 12th when the Twins got the last laugh and the sweep with another run. Otani also made an argument to have him stay as he hit a home run in the final game before the trade deadline, contributing to the Angels' 7-5 win over the Pirates to close out another exciting week. But let's also, since we are after the All-Star break now and we've had a first full week back, um, we let's go ahead and check on some standings. In the American League, we just had the matchup to take the lead this week. The Orioles are on top 
barely with 61 wins and a winning percentage of 61.6%. The Raves Rays have the same win total, but only 59.2 win percentage. The Rangers sit in third with 59 wins. The worst in that side of the league is the A's and the Royals that are tied at 28 wins apiece. Then there's a jump, quite a bit of jump, actually, to the White Sox with 41. In the National League, it's a lot more cut and dry. The Braves lead with 64 wins. The Dodgers sit in second with 57. And there's a tie for third between the Brewers and the Reds at 55. The Diamondbacks and the Giants, though, are nipping at the heels of the top three with 54 wins apiece. At the bottom of that league, the Rockies with 39 wins, the Nationals with 41, and then the Pirates with 43. We also have two new initiates into the Hall of Fame this week. Scott Rowland and Fred McGriff have been inducted into the class of 2023 in the Hall of Fame. McGriff played from 1986 to 2004 for six different teams. He had 493 home runs, which puts him tied at 29th on the all-time list. He also won the World Series while playing first baseman for the Braves in 1995. Scott Rowland was the third baseman for four different teams. He won the World Series in 2006 with the Cardinals. He also was inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame previously. He won the National League Rookie of the Year in 1997 and the Golden Glove Award eight different times. He ended his career with 316 home runs. Moving on to a little bit of basketball, and Michael Jordan is finalizing the sale of the Charlotte Hornets. The NBA has officially signed off, and he has owned the team for 13 years and will remain a minor stakeholder. The buyer is supposedly a a group led by Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. Schnall already owns a majority stake in the Hawks, and Plotkin already owns a minority stake in the Hornets. The Hornets went 27 and 55 last year, so I know it is not the winning percentage MJ wanted to go out with. Little bit of football news. Star running backs from around the league, you would know them as the ones that you have on your fantasy team that gets devastated if you lose them at the beginning of the season. They all got on a Zoom call to discuss the future of their position. Basically, they are not getting paid their worth. Two players, one is Saquon Barkley, have a franchise tag placed on them but have not been able to reach a deal with their current team. That situation drove this meeting. The last contract that was over $10 million was Brown's Nick Chubb in 2021, despite many players being worth that. Chubb is signed through 2024, but no money is guaranteed starting this season. McCaffrey is the highest paid running back, though, at $16 million per year. That was obviously done before Chubb's 2021 deal. TBD was going to come from this discussion, but super interesting that the players from a bunch of different teams are pulling together to discuss it and discuss their worth and how they can fix it. Almost in direct contrast, but kind of not really to that. Number one draft pick Bryce Young signed his deal with the Panthers for four years, valued at $37.9 million fully guaranteed. So a little bit different. You're hearing a lot about the NFL right now as rookies are going to camp on Saturday and then team practices follow the week after. CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson remain unsigned with their current teams that they got drafted by FYI. So kind of important that Bryce Young got his deal done. It was the final 
major in the golf season this week. And frankly, it was a snooze fest as American Brian Harmon took a five stroke lead in the second round. So on Friday and pretty much never gave it up. He never gave back the lead, but he did give up some of those strokes. Even through the torrential rain, he did not relinquish that lead, showing a lot of composure for a guy who was about to win his first major. He won by a total of six shots over Tom Kim, Sepp Straka, Jason Day, and John Rahm. So, you know, just some relatively big names. Six shots is the second largest margin in victory, only behind Tiger Woods, who won by eight in 2000 at St. Andrews. At the age of 36, Harmon is the oldest first-time major champion since Sergio Garcia won the Masters in 2017. Tommy Fleetwood played well early and only grew up about 30 miles from Royal Liverpool, so we all know who the home crowd was cheering for, and it was very apparent because Brian Harmon was just ahead by so much. They just wanted a little bit of entertainment, and then Rory McIlroy won at this course back in 2014, so he also was considered a favorite here, but no one could compete with Harmon this week. For the first time in PGA Tour history, two lefties have won in the same week. That second winner is Akshay Bhatia, who got his first PGA Tour title at the Barracuda Championship, while others were across the pond. Patrick Rogers started hot, but Akshay's third round propelled him to the top of the leaderboard. We still needed a playoff to settle it, though, as it but it only took par for Akshay to put Rogers away as Rogers' drive ended up in a divot and he finished with a bogey. Rogers has now had 246 PGA Tour starts without a win. In direct contrast to his college career at Stanford where he was tied with Tiger Woods and Maverick McNeely for the most wins in school history. Also, if you check the leaderboard and you're like, what in the world is going on there? That is because the Barracuda is one of the only tournaments to use the Stableford method, which means the highest score wins. This method lends itself to more aggressive play. So for example, a birdie is worth double the penalty of a bogey. So you just to like basically convince players to basically just go for it. You might as well, right? Because a birdie is worth plus two versus a bogey is only worth minus one on your total score. Moving on to Olympic news, the Tour de France has concluded and it was a successful title defense for Danish Johan Vindegaard, taking the 110th edition of the iconic race. He beat, of course, Slovenian Tadej Podačka by 7 minutes and 29 seconds. And remember, Tadej is the 2020 and 21 Tour de France winner as well. The final stage, which is mostly ceremonial, but sometimes lends itself to a sprinter's all-out race at the end, was won by Belgian Jordi Mayus at a photo finish between four other riders. Team uh, British rider Adam Yates got third overall, and the three-week race spanned 2,116 miles through eight mountain stages across five mountain ranges. So, ranges. So, congratulations to Vindegaard and his team, Jumbo Visma, who won the team classification as well. And Swimming Worlds has begun, and we've actually gotten to the point where it is actually swimming events because it was, um, to start, it was like diving and uh, water polo. But it is sad to say that it is an end of an era as Michael Phelps's 
final solo world record has fallen. France's Leon Marchand broke the 400-meter IM record on Sunday at Worlds by over a second. The old mark was set back in 2008 at the Beijing Olympics. This was the last of his five individual world records to go down. He does still hold two as part of the U.S. relay team in the 4x1 and 4x200-meter freestyle, however. Fittingly, Marshawn trains at Arizona State under Phelps's old coach, Bob Bowman. But it is the end of an era, especially as someone who grew up watching uh, Michael Phelps' like tapes to get myself ready for track meets. Um, he was truly one of my idols, so it is a sad time for the United States in that sense. That was also one of the three world records to fall on day one of Worlds as Australian Ariana Titmus beat all kinds of stars in the 400-meter freestyle with a time of 3 minutes 55.38. Now, that is three seconds ahead of Katie Ledecky in that race, so truly just destroyed the field. Australia also set the women, also set the 4x100-meter freestyle record as well that same day. The United States took bronze in that relay after Italy. In another shocker, Team GBR, who was the favorite, got DQ'd in the heats for an early takeoff. World records also fell outside the pool and on the track this week as Kenyan's Faith Kip Yegon destroyed the mile world record which was by more than five seconds in the Diamond League meet in Monaco. The previous record was also set in Monaco by Netherlands Hassan, which was at 4.12.33 and is now lowered to 4.07.64. So it's only a matter of time before we see a woman break that four-minute record. And of course, I have to end on some soccer news as the United States women's national team beat Vietnam on Friday 3-0. Sophia Smith was the MVP of this game as she scored her first and second goals of World Cup play ever, as well as she actually had the other assist. Honestly, though, besides that, and we did actually get the W and we got out of there, it was a disappointing result. We played down to Vietnam's level, who were one of eight teams making their World Cup debut. And the United States plays the Netherlands next, which is a rematch of the 2019 gold medal match where the United States did come out victorious. But we will need to play a lot better before we can come out of this group alive. Only one advance, and then the next goes down to goal differential to make it to tournament play. And the Netherlands are a force to be reckoned with. So we have got to play better and more consistent. And I will give it to Vietnam. They did a great job and really came out to play. It was apparent from like almost the start that they were really laying it all on the line, but we just did not look good. And we're going to need to improve on that if we plan on trying to get that three peat. That wraps it up for this week, what you missed. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week, starting, as we always do, with the MLB baseball. On Tuesday, the Mets at the Yankees play at 6.05 on TBS. That'll be Verlander versus German. Wednesday, the Braves play the Red Sox at 6 on ESPN. Saturday, catch the Tigers at the Marlins at 3.10 on Fox Sports 1. Then at 6.15 on Fox, you can either catch the Red Sox at the Giants or the Rays at the Astros. Sunday, the Angels take on the Blue Jays at 11.05 on Peacock. And then the 
to round out the week, the Yankees take on the Orioles at six on ESPN. In the world of golf, we go back to the PGA Tour on Thursday. The 3M Open round one will be at 4 p.m. on Golf Channel. Then on Friday, same time for round two. Saturday, you can actually catch the Senior Open. That round three will be televised at 11 a.m. on NBC. We go back to the 3M Open for round three at one on Golf Channel, and then it moves over to CBS at two. Same times on Sunday. So the Senior Open final round is at 11 a.m. on NBC. That is a major for the Senior Tour. And then on the PGA Tour, a 3M Open final round at one on Golf Channel, and then it goes over to CBS at two. We do have a Formula One race this week on Sunday. Catch the Belgian GP at 8 a.m. on ESPN. For Olympic sports, the Tour de France, the final stage is replayed today at 1 a.m. on USA, so you could catch that. Also, at the end of the week, we have a delayed taping of the World Championships for swimming. That will be at 4 p.m. on NBC. Then for soccer, I know I don't usually go over what games are when. So on the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, check out every game for the Women's World Cup that is televised. Those are on Fox Sports 1 and Fox all week. So, But to highlight, the United States plays the Netherlands on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on Fox. Then we don't play again this week until after the week is over. The only other game in our group that's even being played this week is Thursday. Portugal will play Vietnam at 2.30 on Fox Sports 1, but Wednesday is a rematch of that 2019 gold medal match. The United States versus Netherlands. That wraps it up for me this week. Hopefully you guys are keeping up with the U.S. women's national team as we go through for our three-peat. Like I said, we're going to need to play a lot better and a lot stiffer competition on Wednesday. So let's get ready for that. Swimming Worlds will be amazing, and I will keep you all up to date. Check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more. Catch y'all next week.